Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Why did last week's show with a UFO experiencer hit such a nerve? When you dream about people you don't know in life, do they really exist somewhere or somewhere else? Could what we call space aliens actually be time travelers from our own future? Hello and welcome to the 643rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and those many and varied questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. This this afternoon, almost said this evening, we bring you an open line show to tackle many questions from listeners. And as always, we welcome your calls. The numbers are 800-449-1240, that's from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, and 401-766-1240 locally. And for emails, uh, we will monitor emails, paul at behindtheparanormal.com for those. Okay. Well, we said uh, good evening for eight years. So you probably I know. That's probably have, why I sort of went into default mode. So anyway, our colleague Shane Searway has been joining us on recent open line shows uh, to form an impromptu panel with us, uh, quite to the entertainment of many listeners. But he's traveling this weekend and couldn't join us today. So let's raise sail and get off on our own here. So, Ben, let's uh, let's take this first one. This is from... Uh, Ward, and I do not know where Ward is from. Well, something tells me the Midwest. We'll, we'll see. But in any case, Ward writes. That's a pretty cool name. And he writes to us, I believe your theory that the supposed ghosts we see are actually alive people in another dimension uh, is off base. Uh, it might account for some sightings, but not most. Uh, for one, why aren't we seeing ourselves? If we live in the same house, we should uh, we should see ourselves constantly. But two, uh, you are throwing away what physics, mediums, and regular people uh, have... Psychics, I think. Or, sorry, yeah. psychics, mediums, and regular people have been saying since the beginning of time. Uh, they see and or interact with dead people. Lately, I recorded uh, my dad saying hi by accident. Or lastly, I should say. Lastly, I recorded my dad saying hi by accident. And he has been dead for years. I could go on, but I am not going to write a long email. Well, thank you for that, Ward. Okay, Ward, several points you bring up that come up frequently but, but do perhaps require addressing. Uh, for one thing, uh, psychics and mediums uh, from the beginning of time, quote-unquote, have not been dealing with, I think, the way with dead people, as it were, in the way that we, I think, understand them today. Uh, <clears throat> I may be not exp- expressing that with quite the best words, however... What I'm saying is that if you talk to sh- shamans, you know, the, the predecessors, I guess, of the modern psychics and mediums, uh, believe, uh, I believe, were, of course, the shamans of the remote past and with uh, traditions that continue today. And these people will tell you, and the ones at least whom I've met have told me, that essentially our idea is correct. Uh, it's essentially, okay. Uh, the dead people whom we refer to um, would, if they were, if they were dead, they'd be dead. There would be no life. They wouldn't be communicating at all, and in, in, in the strictest sense of the word, what the shamans will say, uh, as as I say, as they've explained it to me, is that they we do have these sort of parallel realities. Uh, they will go into these realities and uh, will deal with things that need to be dealt with uh, to make things real here. For example, if someone has a disease or if someone has um, a problem of some sort, they will, at the risk of oversimplification, go into the parallel worlds where that is not the case, bring it 
into our world, you know, collapse the wave function, as a, as a physicist might say, and uh, make the good thing that is desired real in this world. I have even heard, as I've said on the show many times, shamans tell me that when they were children, this is a shaman in Australia and another one in Quebec, who told me that they, when they were children, re, re, sort of saw shamans go into other worlds, take people who had died in this world but not in the other world, literally brought them back across the boundary into this world so they were here again. Not a good idea, as it turned out, but we've talked about that on other shows. So I think the whole idea of psychics and mediums today, uh, they, they seem to, with some exceptions, in our opinion, seem to be uh, married to a, a somewhat, I think, discredited 19th century or 18th century idea of what this is all about. And I've given examples many, time, many times on the show of situations we've run into where the psychics and mediums were so narrow in their interpretation that they didn't get it right. Uh, maybe we didn't get it right, I don't know, and you may be entirely correct that we're off base. But uh, I don't think that, that we are because of the results of what we tend to do. Uh, I think that to, to deal with people who, and, and they will describe, uh, psychics and mediums during seances will describe very physical characteristics of the alleged dead people, uh, what they're doing, uh, they're, they're cooking, or uh, there's one in particular I'm thinking of, Ben. Uh, I, th- I don't know if you've been to her events, but uh, someone who was very well thought of. Oh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yes. and uh, there will be um, comments about the uh, person playing sports and everything, you know, whatever world. And uh, I mean, is this is this not a parallel world? I mean, if someone dies and the, their spirit or their soul or whatever it is goes somewhere else, I mean, isn't wouldn't that be a spirit world as they're talking about? I, I just don't think they know what they're talking about. I really don't. Uh, again, as I say, we always say maybe we don't know what we're talking about. I don't know, but no, but I don't. I don't think even our earliest ancestors had the idea of dualism. Yes, so yeah, I, th- I think that's really philosophy. Yeah, drives I mean, us cr- dualism drives us oh, crazy. God, it's so annoying because yes, I mean, yeah. everything was was sort of put together as one rather than all right. Well, there's a spiritual and if it, there's a spiritual world and a physical world. That's it. That's it. We're done. Like <laughs> rather. Yeah. It was it was more of an all encompassing theory of how the world worked. Well, Ward here does admit that uh, what we're saying may account for some sightings, but not most. And I'm, again, I'm not sure how he he knows that. But uh, I mean, in a, in a way, the uh, the spiritualist approach is very comfortable for us. In, in a way, you know, in, I think in its simplest form, it's easiest to grab. It's easiest to grab for us in our very very narrow way of understanding things. We have a um, an idea that. There's a, there's a, a, a world of matter and a world of spirit. Okay, now that's not even good physics anymore. Or, or if you want to say a world of matter and a world of energy, it's really one world. Okay, uh, there is a monism in there. Oh yes. As opposed to dualism. Yes. You know the the two opposing things here. So I think that um, uh, you know we respect your opinion, of course, Ward. We expect all we respect all opinions because we may be all, all wet. But I, I just don't think in this case uh, your argument kind of holds up. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in what psychics and mediums say. Uh, and uh, you mentioned regular people, whatever that may mean, have been saying since the beginning of time that that's just not accurate. So, um, they, they, and uh, one other point, they, they you mentioned the Ward. They see or and or interact with dead people. Well. One of the things we we learned early on, I learned early on, was you don't know what you're you're interacting with. How do you know it's what it says it is? And as I often say, you know, I meet somebody on the street. I, I don't believe half the things they say. Never mind something I, I meet over some 
um, God forbid, some Ouija board or seance, you know, not good ideas. And the results of many of these contacts have been ca- catastrophic, psychologically, sometimes even physically for people. So don't trust these things. So I think that um, the approach is rather uh, from the surface, and I think we need to look deeper. And when you do, I think that, that the old ideas don't hold up. So that's, that's the opinion anyway. Okay. So here's one uh, from Jim. I don't know where Jim is from either. Jim from somewhere writes to us, I'm listening to you and Ben right now, and I am what's perceived as an experiencer. Ben, you are right on. An experiencer has to take a back seat. I've tried to get on on certain late-night talk shows in in the past, and I don't anymore. The talk show hosts were not interested in stories about real aliens that speak perfect English, uh, look human, have a sense of humor, and come across as down-to-earth people. The hosts were more interested in sensationalism as it pertained to UFO encounters. Well, that's a good point. And we, we received a number of emails like this in response to our show last week with uh, Tina Marie uh, on the uh, 5th of, of June. Uh, this is the 5th of June, whatever the, was the 28th, whatever the date was last week. Yes. And that was uh, uh, Tina Marie Coet, who is a well-known broadcaster in the Las Vegas area, uh, but is a native of our listening area here in uh, southeastern New England. And uh, Tina is... Um, uh, the producer of, of a number of shows that involve some really good uh, people who are looking into these questions, uh, particularly UFOs and this sort of thing. And she herself is an experiencer, an experiencer, of course, being someone who has had an experience of some kind with uh, UFOs or aliens or whatever. Uh, but often that, too, is from a perspective... Ah, I'm sorry, our fan has just turned on. It's blowing our papers all over. It's our biggest fan. Yes, precisely. I like that. I saw what you did there. <laughs> so uh, Tina Marie brought up uh, the subject of, of our show which last week, which was, you know, how come experiences are not taken seriously, and how come, or at least in some cases, and in many cases, the, the greatest uh, UFO experts, the ones you see on TV, uh, are not themselves experiencers. And we went back and forth about perhaps th- th- that creates objectivity, or uh, perhaps in, in her point of view, it, it removes objectivity from the argument if the person has not actually been there, done that. Well, I made the point that um, it's probably just what people don't want to hear. Like, if, say, there are certain, certain uh, listen, like, take any of the shows that you listen to um, out there that, are, that, that talk about UFOs. They usually go for, like, the weirdest stories that they can find, more yeah, sensational, yeah. as That's true in regular journalism, I think. Yeah, it's I'm true. They, they, go, they go for the weirdest things first, so people who actually have legitimate experiences who, you know, they seem pretty down-to-earth and, like, they're, they want to, like, talk about down these earth. things. Ha! Yeah. I'm just full of puns today. Yeah. Um, they essentially are put, pushed to the side and they're asked to take a back seat because they're like, oh, that's not what we care about. We care more about the weird stuff, like... Well, that, that's yeah. true. Well, another another uh, layer of that may be that uh, it's simply anybody who's experienced something. And in the UFO field and in the paranormal field in general, very often, you know, experiencers, it's not just UFO people. Uh, somebody said, well, I saw Bigfoot, okay? And I, I didn't myself, but actually when I was uh, in Pennsylvania two weeks ago with our colleague Shane, uh, I don't want to speak for him, but there was a Bigfoot sighting, and we did find tracks. Now, whether that really was Bigfoot or something else, I don't know, very rural area. We'll get into that some other time because that case is just getting started. So uh, I, I think that the, the, the very idea of having the experience will at times uh, create a spirit of disbelief, which I don't think is really honest because 
just just speaking as a journalist, uh, you know, uh, reading writing about crimes and court stories and politics for the last thirty five years. Often, I, I, it's it's a matter of uh, I find eyewitnesses to be co- very credible in many cases, and that's the first thing that they will look for in a court of law is an eyewitness. Maybe they see something from their own perspective. Uh, maybe they maybe the perspective is different from that of another eyewitness, but they do see something. You know, and, and usually I've found can describe it quite accurately. So I think that experiencers do get what we used to call a bum rap sometimes and are not taken seriously. Uh, there are now support groups. We know some of them uh, for people who believe they've experienced these things. And uh, the question is, what exactly are they experiencing? And, and, Ben, we bring this up all the time. What do you mean by an alien? People use the word alien. What does that mean? Sure, they do throw it around pretty pretty easily. But, I mean, if you go to, like, the, the original definition of alien, which I think was from the Greek, which was just somebody who was foreign. Like yeah, there was a different foreign, that kind of thing. Yeah. So when we're talking about aliens, people assume, again, these assumptions drive us bananas. They will assume that this is a, a, a being from another planet, perfectly physical, physical flying in a, in a nuts and bolts craft. And that's very possible. I mean, yeah, but there are lots of other possibilities that people often don't even think of, never mind consider. And that's, again, getting back to, to the same kind of question that our first questioner asked. Ward was asking about the, you know, the, the psychics and mediums and the experiences they have. Well, you don't know if they're legitimate either in the sense of what they're talking to. They might be talking to something alien. Um, I was in that house in Bridgeport in 74, and I was talking about that. And these entities that were supposed to be poltergeists and demons, so the Warrens thought, and me too, they were alien, utterly different. I didn't recognize any humanity I didn't recognize anything necessarily even evil, just different, alien. You know? So th- these terms often limit us, I think. Uh, we have a, um, a uh, producer here who is a major theological figure, in our opinion, and uh, Josh, uh, you jump in on the panel here if you want to. <laughs> you know, we don't know where he comes from either. So, well, well, just with the whole alien thing, you know, like, it's just, it's like what you were saying, it's just different. It could be extraterrestrial, it could be extra-dimensional, it could be extra-universal, because yeah. I know there's the... Ultra-terrestrial mo- ultra is a new terrestrial. term. New okay, term. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not really up-to-date. I'm more of a... I come from more of a, the skeptical point of view. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. So, um, unless I actually, like, happens to me, and then yeah, I, I hear you. it's... Sure, sure. So, uh, well, the longer you produce this show, you'll pick up more tips as, as you go along. Okay, so. well, I already know not to go messing around with Ouija boards. I learned that day one. Good. Oh, good idea. Good, good idea. Yes, very yes. good. So, uh, but I think that's, uh, but we appreciate, and here's, here's another one. This is from Cindy, and from her last name, which is a very common name in these parts. She might be local, but she doesn't say where she's from. Um, also uh, commenting on, on last week's show, and perhaps we can um, extrapolate further. Right. So Cindy from somewhere writes to us, I like that you are brave enough to air in uh, experience er, and experiences uh, exper- or experiencers experience. Ugh, excuse me. Uh, it seems that it seems to be part of a growing trend in this nation of people who are uh, trusting experience over theory or dogma. I believe this is a pre- this is prevalent because of the lousy no-child-left-behind so-called education of the United States. The people who distrust media for whatever reason 
are those who believe uh, that they themselves can see and experience. Myself, I have uh, I have had a very open, unrestricted education, so I like to examine theory also. I'm also kind of a geek about theory. I really appreciate that you also discuss dimensional theory, and uh, from the limited grasp of math that I have, I understand uh, that any dimension plus three, uh, plus the three that we know and uh, love is not, <clears throat> excuse me, somewhere out there, but actually inclusive in our entire reality. Glad to hear your program whenever I can catch it. Okay, well, thank you, Cindy. Um, yeah, the whole experiencer thing too is is a matter of. Um, um, for great personal suffering for many people, there are many who will tell us, you know, that, that they, you know, maybe we're the first people they've ever told about the experience because they don't want to be laughed at. Uh, we get that not just with UFO experiences or uh, alien encounters or alleged alien encounters, but with people who have uh, things that would ordinarily be referred to as ghosts traditionally. A lot of times they don't; they just keep it inside, which is of course not healthy, and they just uh, don't want to talk about it because they're afraid of being ridiculed. So that, that this is a, a problem across all paranormal experience, not just UFOs or, or, or the alien experience. And again, um, you know, people will often describe things that, that were supposed to be alien encounters in the classic UFO sense, and they sound an awful lot to us like poltergeist or, or parasite encounters. Uh, we've been working with uh, several experts uh, over the past few years, at least consulting uh, with them, uh, UFO experts who have encountered, um, you know, abduction experiences and things of that kind th- that in our book add up to uh, poltergeist experiences or even oppression experiences, things of this kind that we've talked about. So there are crossovers here that complicate the whole issue. But we respect exper- experiencers. We uh, feel for them because it can be a terrible psychological ordeal, even in their own families. Uh, but we we also find that when one person in a family is experiencing something, very often others are as well. Uh, to refer to this Pennsylvania case, we've only just started. Uh, we were there two weeks ago, Western Pennsylvania. I cannot say where it is or who it is, of course, uh, but it is um, quite remarkable. UFO experiences going on. We got some interesting. We had some experiences ourselves. Uh, Bigfoot, uh, shadow people, things of this kind. In what traditionally, to us anyway, is is known as a flap area such as the Litchfield County case in Connecticut we've been talking about. So uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that as it develops. But the people, uh, we, uh, groups of neighbors came over, uh, to, and we had a sort of meeting uh, with, with the people in the area, and they were all experiencing things. And uh, this is a healthy situation because the people are not keeping it, and they're able to talk to each other about it in the, within their families. And uh, we often find that children, it's a difficult situation to deal with, but... When they are honest with their parents and the parents accept what the children are saying about experiences they're having, it could be a lot healthier, and uh, at least you're in it together, and that, that can create strength, and if it's parasitical, certainly it can repel it to some degree. So um, I, I would, our only suggestion is uh, contact, um, contact us if you wish, or be honest with your families about how these things uh are, are going down. So uh, we will continue to present the experiencer point of view. And uh, now that we know that the listeners uh, are enthusiastic about it and want to hear it, we will uh, have more experiences on the show whom we believe are, are credible, whatever that may mean yeah. in that realm. Okay. So uh, we have, uh, so let's go to some of the Facebook questions here. So uh, do we have a caller? 
Yes, we do have a caller. Uh, Perfect time. Donna is on the line. Okay. And Donna, welcome to Owen 1240 and Behind the Paranormal. Hello. What's cooking? I enjoy your program, as always. Thank you. I have a question concerning um, not quite a family member, but a good friend. And she is gravitated for some reason toward Abbott Valley, Run Road, and Cumberland. Cumberland, Rhode Island, right? She can't seem to stay away from it and, and says she is possessed. Now, that's not my, my, my um, saying. It's what she says. Okay, so she feels drawn, drawn to the to that Abbott Run Valley Road in Cumberland, Rhode Island. Okay. And she's causing a lot of problems in that area. Really? Okay. Well, we, we know people down there. <laughs> Maybe we'll ask. What do you they mean by problems? They already have the sage thing, and, it, you know, they already have that. All right. D- does she live in that area, or she just goes there? She wants to gravitate towards there. Okay. Does she live far away? You don't have to tell me exactly where, but, I mean, is, does well, she come yeah. a great distance? She, she wants to move close to there. Okay. Well, it's a beautiful area. I wouldn't mind moving closer myself, but you, but you don't no, think this I is healthy. Either, but yeah. There's something that gravitates her to that road. Any particular area of that road? Yeah, there is, but I, you know, I don't want to say, you know. Yeah. Well, there is an interesting historic cemetery there, and it's, it's a long of road. Abbott Run Valley Road. Yeah, it's quite long. Well, Abbott Run, after which the road is named, is a brook. Of course, and we always notice that um, water will seem to at times stimulate what would be known as psychic powers, okay, or or or, or interest. I remember there was a well-known uh, police psychic here in Woonsocket who said, "Funny you should say that," because he would always get his best uh, stimulation when he went and stood on a bridge over the Blackstone River. And you wonder why that happens. In our opinion, water, unless it's distilled water, um, will um, stimulate and, and conduct electromagnetic fields, which seem to be the essence of the boundaries between these different worlds where different things are happening, and, and that's how that seems to work in but our opinion. It's also like she's transferring that to other states. Well, possibly um, she may. I, I think one of the first things that might suggest itself, Ben, you can amplify this if you want, is somebody might say, "Well, it's a reincarnation experience, and she used to live there." That would be one theory. Well, we do, we don't particularly believe that because there is no past and future when it comes to the physics of time. It's all simultaneous. So maybe she's in 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 touch in her subconscious with a parallel life. She's she's living. There in some other time, which is really, it's a, this is hard to grasp, but it's, it's a parallel life perhaps that she's living there and just feels drawn to that. Um, and we have questions about how, about that as we go on the show I'm today. I'm going to turn my radio down a bit. Oh yes, please do. You're going to get back feed. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but, uh, you, you seem to imply you don't feel this is a healthy interest on her part. No, it isn't. Okay, can you can you go into why you don't think it's healthy? You said she's creating she's problems. Feeling down there. the ghosts are there, 
and she needs to keep going back there. Okay. Is she, uh, are people in the area considering her a problem? Yes. Okay. Well, well not the neighbors, but, uh, you know. Uh, her own family. Personal family is okay. very disruptive. All right. Well, I, I really can't give you anything specific uh, with that information. If, if you want to have her contact us, uh, maybe we, is she willing to listen to any kind of discussion on this? She's not willing to listen to anybody. She's not, okay. No, she thinks the ghost took over her. Okay. So, so she just wants to move to this area. Has she said what this connection is that she feels? Yes. She, she feels she was violated in Cumberland. That the area was violated or she was violated? She was in Cumberland, and that's how it all started. Oh, so it, this could be a reincarnation kind of thing? Yeah. I see. Okay. All right. Wow. If you can oh, get... Oh, yeah. It, it's really strong and it's... Okay. Right. Well, it's not an uncommon experience. I think if she um, would be able to contact us, uh, or if or why don't you contact us and we can maybe stay in touch on this and, and see what maybe can be done uh, in a venue that might give us more time than this does. Just well, uh, paul at behindtheparanormal.com. Can you email? Yes. Yeah, paul at behindtheparanormal.com. And do that, and, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get in touch, and we'll see what we can, can do with this. Okay? All right. I, I appreciate your advice. Okay, very good, Donna. Thank you for All listening. Right. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Okay. Uh, one of the things, too... Uh, we want to deal with through some of our Facebook contacts. Uh, Paul, yes. if I may interrupt, sure. uh, we just need to go to our break quick oh, I forgot about uh, that. Okay. before we get into our next point. Okay, so. very good. Well, anyway, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on ON12, WON1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back. Megan Grady, and I'm inviting you to join YWCA Rhode Island, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for YW She Shines Radio, a program that celebrates the aspirations and accomplishments of women. For more information, visit sheshines.org. Owen Radio, Owen Worldwide. Okay, and we're back after that brief break, and there are a number of charities Ben and I have adopted, which we'll, t- we'll talk about during the announcement portion of the show at the end, but we do ask you to uh, pay attention to them and, and help them if you can. They are many and varied. Many have to do with veterans and uh, others that are uh, also very, very valuable. So let's uh, move on with our open line show here, and we have a uh, brief uh, question from Mara in New Iberia, Louisiana. Wow. <laughs> Alrighty, so Mara writes to us, Why isn't there a din from so many parallel worlds? Okay, very brief question, very good question. Okay, we get this a lot. We have a lot of questions uh, pending uh, on this very subject, and it has come up in the discussion already today. If these parallel worlds are correct, and uh, as a matter of fact, this is something we didn't deal with in Ward's question. Uh, if these, this parallel world theory that we operate on is correct, how come we don't see ourselves or hear ourselves and it's a terrible din or loud noise just a mess uh, from an audio point of view all the time in our lives if the if this is really true well why is it that when you turn on your radio you can't hear all the stations at once 
is because the radio is, and let's, in the place of uh, radio, let's use the word brain, I suppose, uh, it's, it's tuned to one station at a time. Uh, you can hear us now because you're, you're tuned, if, you, if you're listening on the radio or, or wherever you're listening, uh, ON 1240, you're tuned to. But, um, and it's the same thing, uh, these are all poor uh, analogies, but if you're looking at your computer and you want to look at a graphics file or a photograph, uh, you're in you know, Photoshop or whatever software you use, and you have it set to, um, to look at just JPEG files or just TIFF files. On your screen in the directory, you won't see anything other than JPEG or TIFF files, depending on what, what you're tuned to. Um, if you are... You, if you if you have it set to any file that that can be opened, you'll see all the files at once, JPEGs, TIFFs, and all the rest. Uh, but to bring that to the analogy of the human brain, they would probably lock you up for being schizophrenic because you're experiencing all these different worlds at the same time. Those are the limitations of our society and our uh, where we're willing to go with our knowledge. Okay, so in other words, you don't hear a big din because you're not tuned in to all these things at the same time all these, these parallel lives at the same time. Why not? Because perhaps we have not reached the point in our revolution where we can be. In, a, in the remote past, we referred to shamans and others who were able to essentially do some of this, and they were considered holy people. Today, uh, back 30 years ago when I was a seminary, or more than that, 45 years ago when I was a seminary student um, visiting psychiatric hospitals, so many people were there, uh, inpatients even, who were judged uh, to be schizophrenic. Because they were experiencing, in my opinion, uh, parallel lives, you know, which uh, we interpreted as a psychological malady. Well, I, I don't know, maybe in some cases it was, but in some cases, I don't know, there was just too much evidence that it wasn't. So I think this is essentially the reason. We're not quite up to experiencing all these things at the same time. However, I would point out to Ward and anyone else who's interested that we do receive emails from people who walk in and see themselves sitting on a bed or sitting at a kitchen counter. Uh, we, I, I myself have had experiences of people, or, or at least of people who have claimed that they have seen uh, ghosts of people who were not dead, and they ended up meeting the person. So, I mean, there's a lot more depth to this than is hinted at even in the 19th century, simple, two-dimensional point of view that most psychics and mediums seem to adopt and that we talk about often on the show. I think there's a lot more to it. Ben, you want to add something? Well... I mean, I, th I think you hit the nail right on the head, although I think the, the analogy of the TIFF files and JPEGs is kind of funny, but it's relatable. Well, yeah, I so hit the, the nail right on the thumb. Ha! There we go. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. But I think but essentially it gets the point across. Well, what I was going to ask was, how does one change those filters? Well, that's where the shamans come in, because they supposedly know how to do that. Um, you have to be very careful. You have to, you know, despite all these, these amazing realities, if, if we're correct then you have um, to realize that you must keep your feet on the ground and function within society, even with the knowledge that you're probably functioning within many societies in many different worlds at many different times, all at the same time. It's kind of a crazy concept that's very difficult for many people to get their head around, but once they do, they say, aha, that explains this, this explains that. You know, th this explains what I've experienced all my life and never understood. At least that's what we get back. So I think that when we're dealing with... Um, this notion of uh, parallel worlds, we have to realize that we're not quite up to experiencing them all. And that everything in the ward cites, how come people don't do this, how come people do They do, but on a very limited basis. And certain people, and it can be very upsetting. 
So I think that that's pretty much um, pretty much what that is. So that's why there's not a din. So um, with the with the dim, would that pretty much be like with back going back to your radio analogy when you're like driving in your car and then you start getting the bleed over with yes. the two stations going on at once? That's that, that's essentially an analogy of what I saw happening from my you know I don't I don't have a medical degree, but what I saw working in psychiatric hospitals uh, that would be going on in certain people's minds, and maybe maybe it was a psychiatric illness. Sometimes psychiatric illnesses were were entangled with paranormal phenomena in these hospitals, which is why the priest and I were there unofficially. So uh, I think that this may be essentially a way to describe what's what's going on. But that doesn't happen with most of us because we're very concentrated. It's it's funny, and Ben, you you can back me up on this because we both meditate. And when you are in a quiet state and the stimuli, the physical stimuli and every other stimulus that's going on in our daily lives, all, all, all the way down to microwaves and electric, electro pollution, so to speak, from, you know, flowing through us all the time from our cell phones and microwave ovens and all this. When, when you get away from that, when you're in an isolated place, in a meditative state, you begin to see and experience other things which could be other lives. So when the, the, the din, is coming from our everyday life, not from, from not from our super life in the multiverse. I think. No, that's that's understandable. It's like uh, when I took like that that little like vacation down to Pennsylvania, and I lived in a cabin by myself. Nothing. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was the most amazing experience of my life because you can like experiencing quiet is something that we don't often have. Very even true. if even if you say things are quiet here, it's usually not quiet because it's you're you're in like an apartment building or like you're you're near a road or something. There's always something going on. But when you're at, by yourself, just like away from civilization, then you truly experience silence. Well, what I find disturbing, and maybe you fellows will agree, is that people often are afraid of silence today. They don't want to be alone with themselves. You know, so there's always the earbuds in the ear. The, the, the music or alleged music is always banging away. Uh, and, and when people are alone, they just they don't like to be alone. They don't like to be quiet. And I find that very disconcerting. I've also found that going from looking from now to even 10 years ago, just the level of people with anxiety has skyrocketed. Yes. Yes. That's yes. Right. yes. So that's true. What are we doing wrong? Possibly well, well, that, that's stimuli. Maybe, that yes. Could be it, yeah. I've heard this, and it sounds hard to believe, but I've heard, at least from experts, that we receive in one day more information than a, a person in the ancient world or the primitive, so-called primitive world received in an entire lifetime. I can believe that. If, if you're tuned in to all the devices and things, uh, then that, that, that's entirely possible. Yeah. So, yeah, no, well, true. we better take another... Email here. Yes. Uh, this is uh, from Facebook. This is from, from Tor- Toronto, Toronto in Chicago, Illinois. Ah, well, Toronto writes to us. Uh, when I dream about people that I have never met in life, do those people really exist somewhere? Well, this kind of gets into, kind of carries right on from what we've been talking about, really. And this is this kind of multiversal life. Now, Ben and I, you, you, Ben and I have talked a lot about dreams over the years. Uh, yes. They are the most. Um, prevalent phenomenon with which people are familiar because everybody dreams whether they realize it or not uh, and <clears throat> there were t- we discovered maybe about 10 11 well maybe maybe not quite that long nine or ten years ago that you and i would some would share dreams yeah it'd be weird it was very strange like i would start to tell about it and you'd finish it <clears throat> you know yeah. and that kind of thing or vice versa yeah you know 
And uh, also, uh, we would begin to experience a number of things we talked about in other shows, but people, w- when we, on the rare occasions we would discuss them on national radio, people would write in from every which way saying, well, I had the same dreams, and they can't all be fruitcakes, you know what I mean? And then people would mention things that we had not mentioned, that we had dreamed about or experienced, and we said, whoa, you know, other pe- it seems to be a universal phenomenon. So we, we may have a number of dreamers, if you will, a number of us experiencing if you want to say perhaps the same parallel realities, uh, which leads you to believe that Toronto's question is a very good one, that um, you probably do have experiences of real people who are uh, around in your one of your parallel lives, which is, again, all part of you, uh, somewhere or somewhen. Uh, I've often described various dreams um, that I've had involving your mom, Ben, and uh, there's a certain place we visit <coughs> in Pennsylvania, a state uh, which is a beautiful state, but I'm sorry to say I don't get there very often. Um, and uh, in these dreams, there are memories of there are certain people uh, whom we know in that world, if you will. There are memories of, of a life in that world. And uh, that's not the waking world in which we generally carry on our lives. But, they, but then again, in our subcon- that is a waking world, and in that world maybe we have dreams of this one. Mm. Sitting here in Woonsocket at W-O-O-N uh, every Sunday from noon to one, uh, having a radio show. And, and it's just as real, but it's a dream somewhere and somewhere else. So I think Toronto's onto something here, and I'd say a big yes to that. That might explain why I'm so tired all the time. <clears throat> yeah, you're busy in lots of different places. Right. <laughs> yeah. See, you're a person who's very aware of his super, super personality, super self, and there you go. Super salad. Yes. So... <laughs> Hope that answers the question there for Toronto. Who we got? Yes, Mark? Mark from Hot Springs, Arkansas. Sounds like a warm place. Yes, indeed, and also wet. Yes. So Mark writes to us. Uh, there has been a lot of discussion over the past uh, few years about aliens, but are not being from uh, other planets, but being from other times. I know that has come up in the Rendlesham Forest case, uh, but what are your thoughts? Well, we've, we've kind of talked about that, and we, we have been to Randallstrom Forest and had some interesting experiences there, especially you. And uh, I think that um, we are um, thinking, of course, of Jim Penniston, one of the Air Force eyewitnesses to the 1980, December 1980, uh, UFO landings in that particular place. And uh, he believed, uh, to this, believes to this day these were time travelers. And as we've mentioned many times before, he actually touched one of these craft when it was on the ground in the presence of our friend John Burroughs, a fellow witness. And in hypnosis later on, he said these were not aliens, they were us. And he believes to this day these were time travelers. Uh, There is a great deal of belief uh, in the, uh, if you want to call it the UFO community, that these are at least some of these these visitations are from time travelers who are trying to uh, revive their own DNA line or their own bloodlines by coming back to us, their remote ancestors, uh, to take our DNA. Hence, the uh, alleged uh, or the the many medical experiments that are reported by UFO abductees and and other things of this kind. So, I suppose that's entirely plausible. Uh, and it's funny, uh, d- does this disagree with the multiverse idea we've been talking about? And not really, I don't think, because there there was a physicist who is, uh, whom I know who is actually doing work in time travel, and he said very clandestinely, some of it's classified, very clandestinely, that you don't move back and forth to get to the past and future, you move sideways. 
which I thought was very interesting, sideways implying that it's all simultaneous, mm. as we as we suspect. So if that's correct, then I think we've um, we've got a lot of uh, uh, possibilities for time travel. You don't know, probably don't even need a machine. The shamans I talked to, so you don't need, you know, essentially said in so many words, you don't need a machine to time travel. You, you do it with your mind because it's all about your mind. It's all within your mind. It's all within God's mind. It's all within the mind of the universe. Whatever, however you want to put it, we're in control. Terrifying, but also it is amazing. Terrifying, which is why a lot of people don't want to believe it. And, yep. and amazing. I think it's wonderful if it's you know if it's true, but not 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 to. Uh, claim that we understand it. No. But no. this is what seems to be the tip of the iceberg. Baby steps. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. All right. Uh, here is another one. <clears throat> we'll, we'll go to an email here. Uh, this is from Patricia. And I don't know where Patricia lives, however. Alrighty. So Patricia writes to us, Hi, Paul and Ben. As a longtime listener, I'd like to thank you for the hours of enjoyable listening you've given me with your show. I find your complex of the multiverse as as a possible theory of everything paranormal, quote-unquote, uh, both fascinating and very plausible. I have had, I have also greatly enjoyed your books, Paul, and look forward to the new one. I've had a lifelong so-called paranormal experience myself. I tend to uh, devour the anecdotal stories of other people in an effort to find those that approximate my own. One question that comes to the surface for me is, why is it that some people have multiple or often diverse experiences of these kinds, and most others uh, have one or two, or maybe none? That might get back to what we were talking about, how open you are, or how quiet your world is. The more din you have in your world, the less you're going to perceive of anything, never mind something that's that's beneath the surface that's true in your subconscious you know um but 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 there is a good point here that many people who do seem to live busy lives will sometimes have dramatic experiences whether it be what is referred to as an abduction experience or a ghost experience or they look at suddenly Bigfoot's, uh, you know, glaring through the bedroom windows, things like that. I mean, these things happen to people who are very busy, sometimes in, in urban areas. Um, I'm thinking of our old friend Bud Hopkins, who was uh, uh, since translated, but he's uh, uh, he wrote uh, a very interesting book, uh, his final book. And we, we were talking, you were, you were, what were you, 10 years old? You yeah. You first met him? Yeah, it was like, it was like 9 or 10. The conference. And uh, <clears throat> he was talking about... Um, uh, people who have these uh, dramatic experiences, and one was it was a young woman from New York City. Can't get busier than that. Yeah, right. And uh, supposedly officials from the United Nations actually witnessed her. Uh, this is uh, this is controversial, but this is what he claimed. He implied that someone from the United Nations who happened to be driving by at night and uh, the real big cheese, and happened to see her come straight through the wall of her apartment, and it was her apartment and uh, be taken into a craft, and the rest was history. Now, I don't know, I'm not saying I believe that, but uh, Bud was a very credible fellow, uh, as we knew, and uh, he he believed the, the story and had some information that he you know couldn't divulge and all, whatever. But the point is that even people with busy lives can have these experiences, but they're often the ones who are most shaken up. Now, if you had met the people in Pennsylvania, uh, where this new case has begun uh, two weeks ago, they were, and we, we stayed at their house, and we met uh, their family and their neighbors. Uh, these were all very calm, 
uh, wonderful lifestyle, slow lifestyle kind of folks out there in this beautiful country of western Pennsylvania in the mountains. And um, they were very calm about all this. They tend to have a slower pace of life. Uh, they were kind of used to this on this property. And on this property, you're talking you know, thousands of years of history. Uh, the state did an archaeological dig there, found all kinds of incredible things. There are all kinds of Native American connections. You name it, it's going on out there. On the other hand, the people who come up to us after lectures who are utterly petrified and shaken up tend to be professional people uh, in places like Boston or Providence or New York who just have had these experiences and just cannot deal with it as far as fitting it into their lives are concerned. People who are very busy often like being busy and they have very comfortable lives, and this kind of thing really shakes them up. So... Uh, why do some people, even who are busy, have these experiences? Maybe they, in um, many of their, if you want, if you believe in the parallel life thing, many of the parallel lives may be very quiet. Maybe they're more in touch psychologically with where and when they are uh, sensitive people to these kinds of things. So, I mean, that's all. What do you think? Ben? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just all the ducks happen to be lined up in a row. Sure. It seems like it's just pure dumb luck at times. Well, I don't know. Do you believe in dumb luck? No, I don't. But I, I'm just saying, it just there, there, there are things that make people think that it could just be like, well, all the ducks just happen to line up. And there are plenty of things that are dumb, but I don't know about that. Well, not, dumb luck. I, mean. I wouldn't say it's luck. I would just say that things just happen to line up just right. Like, say, if somebody wanders into, I don't know, um, the Bridgewater Triangle or something, goes to Freetown State Forest. Sure. Massachusetts, yeah. Riding, riding, riding a bike or something, and then all of a sudden they get clotheslined by, like, Bigfoot or something. Yeah. Well, I look back, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know what I'm talking about, my own experience, but looking back at, at the... Uh, when I was seven years old, and I, as I, as I say, I don't like to talk about this, but it, it's a fact, um, being present when my father, when your grandfather committed suicide, you know, that changed my life, obviously, and I wonder if that horrifying experience didn't, um, I'm not particularly sensitive, but I'm, I was interested in the paranormal because I wanted to know what happened to your grandfather. Yeah. You know, and that was really the genesis of my own interest in the paranormal, um, and then, but what, 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 what's your excuse? I mean, you you grew up. Well, I mean, just look at in you. Our house, <laughs> you know, exactly. Uh, you grew up in obviously in our house. Uh, I work at home. I've all, you know pretty much uh, always have since you were born, uh, before you were born, and uh, maybe that was a, my, my bizarre influence on you, got you interested. But you, but you from from the time you could talk. You were talking about other lives you were living. You were t- it was really quite striking. I'm really good at that game. Yeah, well, it was a game, but I mean, it was it was kind of disconcerting. And I said, my gosh, all these people are always writing to me about reincarnation experiences. I don't think that's what it was. I think it's more the parallel life thing. Uh, and here's my own little little cherub uh, talking like this. So I mean, it was um, I don't know. So maybe it depends on one's own experience, you know. But uh, it is true that, that other people, that some people will experience lots of stuff, others will not, and maybe those are beginnings of reasons, but I don't think you can... Or maybe it has something to do with brain chemistry, too. Brain chemistry? Okay. Uh, go on. Well, no, I just, just just thinking about it, because I've, I've noticed that certain certain people with certain dispositions tend to attract paranormal phenomena. Like, if you, if you notice, mm. we go to these conferences or whatever, and all these people are very similar. I don't find that. I find... You know, I, I there's always one trait that binds everybody though. What's that? 
I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's some there's just something there that like Cre- uh, credence belief might be it. I, I run into a lot of people who don't believe. They're coming to find out more. Because uh, I, mean, I, I, I maybe I, I spend more time at those than you do. That could be it. Because you, you, you know you sometimes have responsibilities that uh, require your presence elsewhere. But uh, I'm thinking of the last Exeter UFO Festival, which uh, I think that that's my favorite event of the year. I think it's uh, just because you like to see the dogs get dressed up in costumes. Well, that and uh, you know I think the audiences are wonderful, and uh, we we do pretty well with book sales. But people come up who are who have healthcare professionals with PhDs. Uh, there was a woman I talked to. Uh, it was either the last year, or the year before, at uh, the Exeter Conference, which this year is September third and fourth. By the way, we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, she had a, a theology degree because <clears throat> that, that's my background, and and we we really it was great conversation. Uh, a very a lot of very there are a lot of true believers, you know, uh, and maybe they're correct. And there are a lot of people who are just curious about it, and. Um, but maybe the, 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 the people who talk to you, I find um, they kind of pigeonhole you, and, and they, uh, they they sometimes are different than the ones who talk to me. Yeah, the, interesting. Oh, it's weird. It's not weird. I wouldn't. I don't want to say weird. It's I mean, just people of deeper spirituality seem to be drawn to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. This I don't time. know. But, I'm not the right person to talk yeah. to about that. So, but there are there are well, who is? But there are really uh, diverse people. I think. Um, there are perhaps it's because people are experiencing more now because things are definitely changing. That's th- that that is a very prevalent opinion right now. Uh, at other times, we think maybe they're experiencing things because uh, there's more suggestibility. I mean, with the or internet, that. the information yeah. flow is absolutely incredible. Oh, that's so true. You know, so maybe we're hearing about more reports, and maybe with the atmosphere of openness about this subject, at least to some degree. Uh, with some people, we're hearing about more of it. But on the other hand, I, I, I still, my gut, I do tend to agree with you, Ben, that the thing, things are increasing. And we've discussed all that on previous shows about why that might be happening. But <clears throat> no one really knows for sure, and we just have to be ready uh, for any possibility at any point. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Easy. Okay, maybe we have time for one, or do we? No. We've got about five and a half minutes. All right. Uh, no. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, if it's one <clears throat> sentence, that's not like extremely okay. profound. I think what I will do is is uh, no, mention the notion of it's called pareidolia, and I'll read the definition. It's a psychological phenomenon involving a stimulus, an image or a sound, wherein the mind perceives a familiar pattern of something where none actually exists. And I'm thinking of uh, poor old Ward. We're picking on poor old Ward the whole show, but he mentioned picking up his father, saying hi. Okay. That may perfectly well be true. Uh, you have a degree in audio engineering, and you often talk about these uh, EVPs or electronic voice phenomena. Suggestibility. But the suggestibility and this idea of pareidolia. People will run to us all the time with pictures, with different things in them, say, aha, look at the face, or look at this. And pareidolia, the mind will take what it hears or sees and turn it into something it can understand. Hence, the idea, aha, look at the face. Maybe it is a face, but... Most of the time, I don't think so. Maybe it is Ward's father saying hi, uh, but I, I, I have, we haven't heard that. But if we did, it might be just pareidolia, you know, making something make sense. Okay, uh. so we'll just leave you with that final ominous thought. <laughs> okay, and let's get to our announcements because we're pretty much out of time. 
So our next public appearance uh, will be at the Connecticut Gathering of the Paranormal in Windsor Locks on Saturday and Sunday, July 23rd and 24th. And we will speak on Saturday, then on Sunday, and we will host a weekend or weekly uh, our weekly edition of the show with a para uh, a, para- a paranormal parent panel, gosh, I cannot say anything, of all the speakers before a live audience. Also speaking will be our friends and colleagues, uh, Shane Searway, who frequently appears on the show, William J. Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House, and The Haunted House Diaries. Uh, This event will benefit the Queen of Hearts Thoroughbred Retirement Farm in Maine. Helping homeless horses. Okay. As we mentioned, September 3rd and 4th will once again be on the agenda at Exeter UFO Festival in Exeter, New Hampshire. Not sure of our topic yet, but people are interested in crossover phenomena between what we deal with and UFOs. It'll probably be about that. And among other things, we will be talking about a new paranormal flap case in Pennsylvania with some pretty cool photographs that we got. Um, on October 18th, we'll speak at the MUFON event in Philadelphia and later that month at the Greater New England UFO Conference in Leominster, Massachusetts. More information as those dates approach. So meanwhile, you can find out more about our show, our public appearances, and more at BehindTheParanormal.com, where you'll find over 650 free recorded shows on both ON1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio. Okay, and our forthcoming book, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, is now available for pre-order on the publisher's website. That's SchifferBooks.com, S-C-H-I-F-F-E-R, Books.com. Uh, and then just do a search for Behind the Paranormal, or use the handy-dandy link on uh, our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. One way or the other, we hope to check it out. The book is slated for release by Schiffer in January, and there will be a release party of some kind, and we'll let you know about that as the time approaches. And you can find my dad's books on Amazon.com, Amazon Kindle, and Barnes & Noble Nook, uh, but if you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com, uh, my dad will sign them for you, and you will help us keep those podcasts free. Also, on our websites, you'll find direct links to several charities my dad and I have adopted, including USA Cares, Canadian Veterans Advocacy, as well as Youth Mentoring Connections in Los Angeles, doing amazing things for at-risk youth, and HelpForHaiti.com. Yeah, Help for Haiti, you, you can, uh, the, uh, the U.S. dollar still is very valuable in Haiti, and you, you can adopt a child for as little as $30 a month. It's a wonderful thing to do. You get a picture of the child, and I know the people who run this organization is very legit. The money gets where it's most needed. So please check that out. Okay, so next Sunday, I'm sorry, it's your line. Oh, so next Sunday, <laughs> June tw- June 12th, uh, we will welcome America's historian of the bazaar, uh, that is Robert Damon Schneck, uh, for a uh, look at our paranormal history. The title of the show is The President's Vampire. And I can assure you it is not about Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter, okay? It's uh, something entirely different. And the president's vampire, that's about the only thing we haven't seen in this year's presidential campaign. I mean, but who knows? Uh, we, right. st- we still got a couple months left. So. Well, we can still bring it in on the show next week. So anyway, we will leave you this afternoon with a rather surprising quote from American inventor and entrepreneur Thomas Edison. I never did a day's work in my life. It was all fun. So what do you think about so we pick, we have another minute. Maybe we should pick on Ward a little more. Oh no, no! I thought we were going to pick on uh, uh, Thomas Edison for a second. A <laughs> well, our uh, some of our relatives have some problems with him, but in any case, uh, he is generally thought of in a better light uh, in history than than some of our ancestors were. Yes. But anyway, I'm Paul Eno, and I'm Ben Eno, and thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of 
Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.